Welcome to my podcast, Autism Connections. My name is Mary, and I have an 18-year-old son with autism. 16 years ago, I received a devastating diagnosis. It's through my connections I have made along the way that I have received so much love, support, and guidance. It's my hope that by sharing these amazing connections with you and their experiences, that you also may be helped and learn much. Hi, everyone. I am so excited today because I have Christine here today. Hey, Christine. Hey, happy to be here. I am so happy you're here, Christine. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't need to talk about self-care, right? Something that we all strive to incorporate into our lives. So you're someone for sure that I was so excited to have on today. I'm going to say a little bit about Christine, and then we'll get into talking about her journey. So Christine is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, yoga instructor, master tapping practitioner, and meditation journaling guide. She developed a passion for helping people to live life feeling as vibrant and empowered as possible after addressing her own health challenges. She helps clients address diet, lifestyle changes, stress exercises, rust, and supplementation. Hey, who doesn't need all of those fabulous things in their lives? Thank you so much, Christine, for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Christine and I met, I moved to Wisconsin a year ago, and our kids, her son Jack and my son Tommy, both go to the same program. And I met her a couple of months ago, and one of the things that I was really awestruck by is the story she shared with me about how she got onto the path of wellness. So Christine, take it away. Tell us a little bit about what inspired you to go down the path that you're on right now. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. And I just first want to say how amazing it is that we met and what just the circle of um, support that kind of we formed at as because of our children, right? It's just been really, really awesome to get to know you and to get to know some of the others at our, our children's day program. So just awesome. Don't you think? Absolutely. The tribe is so important. How, yeah. how could we do this without our tribe, Christine? Yeah. And I don't know that that's something I've ever had really. I mean, a little bit, but not like this. This is just different and I'm just so grateful for it. So um, yeah, so my journey started um, years ago, right? My son's 24. How old is Tommy? Tommy just turned 18. Okay, okay, so yeah. So you're just entering that adulthood stage technically, right? Um, Yeah, so Jack is 24, but uh, my journey started long ago. I was actually a special ed teacher and then I... Um, as we do, like I kept pushing myself and I became an assistant principal. Then I got another master's degree and I became a district admin. So I was kind of, you know, for lack of better word, managing special ed in nine schools. So what that meant for my life was I was pretty much immersed in special ed from morning till night and, you know, even during the night. So it just never ended for me. Um, it, it was a really stressful job. I worked a million hours a week and I just started really feeling it. 
Um, and in 2016, I was diagnosed with my first autoimmune disease, and that was alopecia. And if you don't know, alopecia is um, an autoimmune disease where your body pretty much heats your hair and attacks the hair follicles. So you can lose a little bit of hair, you can lose all your hair, it just varies in severity. And that kind of started me on my path toward wellness of just trying to figure out why my body was attacking itself. Christine, just curious. Yeah. At what point in time did you start in special ed? Was how old was how old was Jack at the time? Yeah, so I got my degree long, well, a few years before Jack was born, um, and I actually didn't start teaching until about ten years later. He was about um, six when I finally went back to you know to actually start my career, um, just because he was there was just such intensity in therapy programs and parenting that I just couldn't take that on. So it wasn't until he was a little bit more stable until I, I started that. That's just amazing to me. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, but you know what? Even though I wasn't teaching, that knowledge that I gained through my education and once I started teaching and really being involved, like that was just invaluable. That was just a God, you know, his hand was on me, giving me that training well before I needed it. So again, so grateful for every step of that journey. So back to 2016, when you yeah. had the alopecia that kind of entered your life with all the autoimmune. What next? Yeah, that kind of rocks my world. It was almost, it was kind of a wake up call. Um, like there's something wrong. This isn't, your body's not happy, but of course I ignored it like most of us do. Um, but I did make the decision that I was going to leave education uh, when Jack was at his school and I was at my furthest school I was responsible for, I was like an hour and 40 minutes away from him. So like, that's a big difference. It's a lot of stress. Um, so yeah, so I just decided that I was going to leave at that point. I left in 2018. I consulted for one more year. And then in 2019, I was, I was done. Uh, I was doing okay health-wise. I lost some weight. I went keto before I knew what I know now. And it, not that keto is bad, but um, that was all I knew at the time was to address my diet. I didn't know how to address all the other things in my life to kind of regain my health. Um, but then my mom got really sick. She was our only caregiver, my ex-husband, myself, and my mom. That was It was our little triangle. And she died she passed away like six weeks later, she got pancreatic cancer. So with her gone, you know, that next year was just, it was, it, I say it was filled with the highest highs and the lowest lows. You know, I lost my best friend and then it came like, how am I going to do this without her? She was our person, right? She's the one we relied on and counted on. She was the person. So we had this grief that I dealt with. And then, you know, all of the, the legal stuff that you have to deal with as the ex, you know, the ex, the, uh, what's the word? What's the word I'm thinking of? The person who executes the will. Um, you know, all of that. I, I couldn't and think of it. I couldn't think of the word. Um, right, and okay. then, you know, we kept going and I was then diagnosed with RA that summer, rheumatoid arthritis. And I just saw my health just heading down this very scary path that I didn't want to go. And I found the functional coaching program, functional diagnostic nutrition, and I immediately signed up for it when I heard about it. And I really just wanted to do this for myself. I wanted to figure out how to make myself healthier. I was on meds I didn't want to be on. It was just not the life I wanted to live. And a couple months later, I was diagnosed with lupus on top of RA, on top of alopecia, on top of high blood pressure. They wanted to give me more medication and it was just spiraling. I was just spiraling into a really negative health pattern. 
Um, and wow. around December, I ran lab work on myself because that's what I do. When I work with clients, I give them the opportunity to run lab work on themselves. And that's what I did for myself. I addressed everything I found. I mean, I went guns ablaze and I went in all in. Anything that showed up, I addressed. And by April, I was off of all medication and I haven't had a flare up in over a year and a half. So it was a huge success. And when I felt the success, I immediately said, that's it. I have to, I have to share this with other people. Like other people need to know there's options to finding the vitality they once had. Absolutely. And tell me, let's talk a little bit about the importance of lab work. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just so curious because like we, we, yeah. we can go to the doctor and they can run their panels and they can, you know, they, mm -hmm. the basics, right? What's the difference between your lab work that you have, that you have your clients run and going to the doctor? Yeah. So all of the lab work that my clients can run is lab work that the doctor can actually run, but the physicians, you know, MDs, DOs, they're trained in one specific area. So when we look at lab work, we look at it through a different lens. It's more of um, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, so I'm not looking to diagnose anyone. What we're looking for are healing opportunities to address things um, like hormone system, immune system, the way food is being digested, detoxification, um, how energy is being produced and how the nervous system is operating. So we're just looking for clues of things that we can address through diet, rest, exercise, stress management and supplementation to help the body restore the health that it once had. Um, as, a, as a functional coach, I never ever diagnose, I never um, tell a client to stop taking medication or to start taking something. I just create a protocol based on that lab work to help them make decisions about their health and to teach them and empower them to ask questions and make their own decisions. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but one of the big things that I work on with clients, um, you know, everyone thinks that supplements are the way to go. Like that's going to be the end all be all. Like that's the difference. And I'm always asked, well, what supplement can I take to address this symptom? Or what can I take to address this symptom? And supplements truly are just such a small part of what I do. Um, you know, and I think one of the biggest things, and that's kind of what we're here to talk about is that self-care and that stress management. That's just so critical in in finding health and restoring health and i think especially for us in the special needs world it, it's just paramount it has to be addressed if we're ever going to restore health exactly and you know we talk about the importance of it but how many people have you talked with in our community about it and they're like i just don't have time you know we make it all about our kids whether it's special needs kids or just our neurotypical kids it's hard to make time for ourselves but if you don't make time for yourself number one how can you make how can you help anybody else if you can't help your if you can't take care of yourself but also the cumulative effects of stress on us you know we burn the wick at both ends all the time until we just can't do it anymore right and you and I have talked about that you know just this the exhaustion factor and everything and how important it is to get ahead of it before you before it's I don't want to say too late but you're far enough down the path where you're exhausted and you can't do it anymore 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we talk all the time about special needs parents, like we can't die, like we just can't. We, it's it's not allowed. Our children need us to be here where they're advocates, where they're caretakers, where they're, you know, they're nurses when they're sick, where they're advocates. They need us to be here and they need us to be as strong and healthy as we can be. But I think in our culture, too, we place such value on that go, 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 go. We don't place a lot of value on self-care and we don't place a lot of value on just slowing down. Like we almost look at people who do that as, I don't wanna say lazy, but that's kind of the stigma we give people who aren't on the go 24 seven. And it's so unfortunate because that's what's going to kill us, right? Just the constant, pressure, the constant being on that we as special needs parents, especially I think feel like we're always on. When are we off? Even when our children are sleeping, we're on because we have to make sure they're safe. We have to make sure they're in the room. We have to make sure, you know, depending on the severity, like my son, if he gets out, like he could turn the burner on, he could get choked on food. It's just this never ending pressure. And I think a lot of moms and dads like us are almost I don't want to say shame, but maybe maybe it is a little ashamed to say that our children cause us stress, so we don't address it, right? We just say, no, no, I got it. How many times have you said, no, I've got it, I've got it, I'm on top of it, way I got too, it. Way too many. And my sister actually, one of my sisters told me that the last time I said that, she said, you know, that's really dismissive. You know, it's kind of dismissive when you say it. I say that all the time. People are like, how do you do it as a single parent for all these years? And did I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, well, I have help or whatever. I, I have a really hard time admitting that when I'm, that I'm, I don't want to say admitting when I'm failing, but admitting when I'm not doing as much as I think I should be doing, you know? Yeah. And I think to the world, we want our children to be accepted and loved and all the things that included, right? So sometimes yeah. it's hard to admit the outside world that we're struggling as parents. So um, yeah, it's something that I, I spend a lot of time in with my clients because if the foundation of your house is not strong, I don't care how pretty the kitchen is, right? We can deal with all of the lab stuff and work on all of that. But if you are still operating in a state of chronic stress, either what we're doing is going to fall apart or another symptom, another disease, another diagnosis is going to pop up. So dealing with those foundational things and chronic stress, did you know that chronic stress is responsible or stress is responsible for almost 80% of all doctor's visits? Like that's insane. That's, yeah. That's, that's, I, I knew it was high, but boy, that 80%, that's, a, I yeah. mean, I can, I, I subscribe to that for sure. Yeah. So, so, and, and honestly, when I work at clients with clients, I can get them to give up alcohol. I can get them to lessen their sugar intake. I can get them to address their diet, but stress management is the hardest, hardest thing for a client to choose to embrace. And it's because I don't have time. I've operated under chronic stress for so long that this is just who I am, right? Like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, this is just my life. This is what I do. And you don't always see the immediate results from it. So it doesn't seem like something we need to do or that will work and help us. Um, so those, the, I, yeah, the, no, go ahead. I love your, I want to talk for sure about your background as a yoga practitioner and doing tapping and everything. How did you start or when did you start implementing some of those 
stress management techniques. Yeah. Well, I think that was probably one of the biggest, most impactful things I did in, in kind of my healing process. You know, when you get an autoimmune disease, often the doctor will say, well, they're often triggered by stress. But for me, I walked out of the doctor's office and I was like, okay, well, great. Like what's causing me stress? My job? honestly, my child and advocating and always doing what I need to do, being a mom, relationships, well, I'm not giving up any of those. So what am I supposed to do about stress, right? But unfortunately, I wasn't educated enough to know that there is or there are things you can do to build stress resiliency in your body, right? So that, yeah, I can get stressed, but then my body can come down. I can hop back and forth from parasympathetic to sympathetic states, smoothly like your body is supposed to, right? Like you're supposed to enter fight or flight when things are scary, when things are stressful, when you need to escape from a bear or you're in a car accident, but then your body should calm down. And that's what we don't have when we're under chronic stress. So for me, that was a big eye opener in my education. And I started looking for ways to address that stress. I started with journaling. Journaling is huge. There's a ton of research behind journaling and how it has helped and how many therapists use that to co-treat their client with their clients. Um, so I started with journaling, loved it. I love to write. So that was just easy for me. Um, and I created some programs where I can teach journaling. I like to do workshops where we make journals. I'd like to teach it to kids so that they're starting to learn these strategies when they're young. So maybe when they're in college and completely stressed out, they can you know, fall back on some of these things. Um, then I moved into tapping, which is emotional freedom technique. And um, that became probably my primary source of stress management. Um, I do it, I tap two to three times a day. Sometimes they're very brief, sometimes they're longer, um, but that's wonderful. It's cheap, it's free, you can do it anywhere. So it's a great tool to have. And then I started thinking about my body. Like I need to be moving my body. I need to be stretching and moving that lymphatic fluid. So that's when I got into yoga, I became a yoga instructor and kind of meditation went along with yoga. How long ago were, did you become a, a yoga practitioner? Uh, just certified. over a year ago. Yeah, just over a year ago. And I taught in a studio at first. Um, it was fine. It was fun. But I, I really like teaching at home. I teach online and it's mostly friends who sign up for my classes. So we're a little bit more laid back, but it's just a nice time for us to come together and um, do yoga for, I teach at six o'clock in the morning, uh, pretty much every day. So it's just a really nice time to connect and be supportive and kind of go through this process with friends. But that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So those yeah, are I've my... tried... yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I've tried tapping before. Um, and I, I did enjoy it a lot. One thing about me that I've learned, and I'm sure a lot of people are the same way. I'm all gun ho and into it and I get distracted really easily. What are some things you do for clients to help encourage them to keep moving forward? Yeah, so you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about kind of our medical world, and I think that if our medical practices shifted to where there were coaches as part of the medical team, so when you walk into your doctor's office and they say, you know, Mary, you need to lose 15, 20 pounds for your health, instead of letting you walk out the door going, okay, how am I gonna do that? They signed you up for a coach who would check in with you every week and problem solve and tweak the program and give you support and validate how you're feeling. I think our entire health community would be so very different. 
So for me, working with clients and at least as we're going through forming those habits, meeting with them weekly. And if you don't want to hire a coach, then have a friend help have someone who can help you be accountable because you're right. These are new practices and they need to be done daily, right? You can't wait till the bear's chasing you to figure out how to calm your system down. You need to practice this. It's, it's almost an exercise for your nervous system so that it, it is calmed and can increase when needs to, and then comes back down. So you're not in a state of chronic stress. So having accountability, I think is huge. Secondly, I think it's really important to find a system that you enjoy. For me, tapping was great. I would do it in the shower every night at bare minimum. Hot water, I was already calmed and relaxed and I could go ahead and tap. Um, Prayer was always a big one for me too. So I found that if I prayed before I went to sleep. So um, finding something you love and finding a time in the day that works for you that you're not going to skip is really important. I've even had to just put alerts in my phone before, you know, put it on the schedule to to make sure that, you know, you do it. I have a yoga class I go to on Sundays and you can't, you have, they have a 24 hour cancellation policy. So my, I'm always like, oh, can't cancel five, five hours before. Can't cancel. I'm accountable. I think accountability is so important for me, at least I'm so wired by accountability and I think that, you know, it's definitely helpful, the follow-up and everything that you provide for sure. Yeah, I actually have a client that I text every single night around five o'clock that says, I'm your nightly reminder to take care of yourself because she would forget. And I've sent her that text every day since January 6th. And I love that for her. And I asked her at our last session, I said, would you, are you done? Are you tired of hearing from me? Would you like me to stop? And she's like, absolutely not. I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm done working with you because it's such a valuable text to me. So, I mean, just having somebody there to support you. And um, I, I think that coaches are wonderful. I don't know why as a culture, we don't make that normal, right? Like we would do it for our kids. If your kid wants to be a baseball player, you're going to hire a baseball coach, right? If your kid wanted to be a great runner, you'd hire a running coach. But as adults, we see that as such a, a, a negative thing. Like, oh, you need somebody to help you. It's that kind of like therapy, right? Like people for a long time, therapy was shunned. Now it's much more accepted. But, you know, finding someone at least as you get started to help you along that path is just, it's just invaluable. Totally agree. Definitely, definitely important. So my hopes for today, obviously, were to open up the conversations for the importance of self-care. The one thing I would wish for, the one thing, if I could turn back the hands of time and (laughs) the shoulda, the shoulda, woulda, couldas, right? But seriously, if anyone said to me, I just, my child just got diagnosed. What should I do? What should I do first? I would say get ready to start taking care of yourself right now. (laughs) You know, I look back. I mean, and I've, you know, I'm a massage therapist. And one Mm -hmm. of the things for me when I was in my room, I haven't been in my room for a while, haven't been working, but that was probably the most relaxing. I mean, I loved being in my massage room. I used to joke and say, if I could just live here, all would be well, you know, and just stay in the Zen space, you know, um, realistically that that wasn't, you know, something that was going to happen, but it's something that I definitely wouldn't, would look forward to doing again. But if I was back 
18, 16 years ago, I, and someone said to me, you know, this is, it's hard. Having a child with special needs is really difficult and really challenging sometimes. And you're going to be doing more than you ever imagined you would ever be doing. You're going to be advocating harder than you've ever been advocating. You're going to feel isolated at times because you're not going to be able to do a lot of the things that everyone, all your, all your, neuro, all your friends and family are doing, right? Um, but you better take care of yourself, girl, you know, start thinking about that because we have to, I have to, and that's how we connected because I got to the point, you know, after I met with you, I was like, I should really think about reaching out to Christine. And then, you know, we have our litany of reasons and, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I also think as a culture, we can, I can come up with a list of reasons why not to do something. But for me, if I think about the long term, what is the value of doing it? Not now, but also for the future, you know, for my health and for Tommy and everything. So, yeah, those young moms, I wish I could just like put them in a room and just talk to them. Right. Like you're not failing. You're doing OK. <laughs> Take care Fine. of yourself. Everything is going to come out OK. Don't be so stressed all the time. Breathe. Work on your relationship. You know, all of those things. If we could just like I'd like to write a handbook for new moms and just hand it out to doctor's office and be like, just give this to every new patient where their child is diagnosed with special needs, please. Everyone. <laughs> Right. And, you know, one, one of my favorite sayings I, I've heard in the past was, it will never happen that way. In yeah. my mind, like when I was, you know, I had like, it will never, in my mind, I can like, oh my God, I can think about the future and, you know, think, oh, well, what if this happens and what if that happens? And I look at my journey with T and I think of things that he can do now that like I never thought he could do. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, even when I was toilet training him, right, when he was little, I, can't, I remember saying, what if, what if he never, what if this never happens? What if, you know, and, and it did happen. It doesn't happen for all kids, but it did. Okay. It did happen for him. And he's riding a two wheeler bike and we go on all these outings. And, you know, there's so many, so many things that like have exceeded my expectations for him. And I just, you know, looking back, think that refueling my tank the whole time, if I would have, if, if, if I stayed on top of it more and took care of myself consistently, some of those journeys and moments along the way would have been, I think, easier. I because agree I 100%. Yeah. Because yeah. that bear you talked about is like, I'm in fight or flight, I would say probably 99% of my day. I mean, that's like number one, hard to admit. Okay. Hard for me to admit, especially as a single parent, because I get a lot of, how do you do it by yourself? You know, how I would never be able to do it. And I keep saying, well, if you're, and we're in my situation, you know, you just, I just do it, right? We all just do what we, you know, or, oh my gosh, I don't know what I would do. You know, God picked you out special. I don't know oh, what I would favorite. do. I don't know what I would do. You know, here I am. I've got two kids. I've got my son, my 20 year old, and I've got my 18 year old. And what a gift they both are. But man, it's tough and you have to show up and just and do it right. Whatever it yeah. takes. And you have to show up for the other siblings too, right? Like you're not just on 24-7 yes. for your child with special needs. You need to be there for your other children too. Yeah, it's 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 something. And I think if we could tell moms that 
it's not what you're going to be planned, but it's going to be okay, right? Like when Jack was 15 months old, we were told to put him in an institution. We were told he would never love anyone. He would never know anyone. He would never know how to do anything. And we should consider an institution at 15 months old. And I was a new, right? Like I hadn't earned my stripes yet. I didn't know, but I was like, yeah, that doesn't feel right. And and we're not doing that. But just to know that he's not toilet trained, but it's okay. We figured it out and it's okay. So kind of let some of those things go because it's going to be okay. I promise you in the end, it will be okay, whatever it is. And then the second thing I would tell people would be find your tribe. Find your tribe. Right. Right? So true. Because a a lot lot of my people aren't going to understand. No, I'm just going to say a lot of people aren't going to understand. Like those college friends and high school friends, they're going to love you, but they may not understand where you're at anymore. So find people who get you, who get why you're canceling for the 14th time because you can't make it because your child needs you. So I think you need different tribes, you know, those people who get you and those people who you've known forever who will always love you no matter what. For sure. And I'm, I'm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, I would encourage anyone to find some strategies that work for you. And it could literally be anything. It could be walking in nature, taking a walk every day. It could be um, journaling. It could be crafting. You know me, I'm like this crafty, artistic person. And my husband will literally look at me and be like, I think you need to go craft something because I'm so stressed <laughs> out sometimes. Um, it could be prayer. It could be jur- um, prayer journaling. I like to prayer journal. Um, literally anything that brings you to a state of peace and calm can be it. I've had people come to me and say, I can't meditate. Like, I hate it. Well, then that's not your strategy, right? Let's talk about something else. What else can we do? And I think the consistency is key and just keeping focus on you for even a brief moment. For those moms who are like, there's no time in the day. I get it. That's why tapping was my great strategy because I did it in the shower. It took me four minutes in the shower. I was taking a shower anyway. I did it for four minutes and that helped me so, so, so very much. So really kind of assessing your day and when you can squeeze in two minutes, maybe it's at a stoplight. You can take some deep breaths. Breath work is another great management tool for stress. There's just a lot of things out there. So if, if you don't know what they are, talk to somebody who might be able to help you. I love that you brought up breath work. It's really funny because right before you said that, I found myself taking in a really deep breath and I was thinking breathing is really good too. Something that I started doing is at night, I I do do do, do the breath work and stuff, but I started counting back from a hundred at night to fall asleep. And it's crazy. It's such a, it's such a, everyone knows about, you know, the technique counting sheep, whatever, but, and it, and just like focusing on my breath and I'm pretty much am asleep by the time I get to 10, which is I pretty cool. That. So, I love yeah, that because so, that sleep is so critical too. And that's another thing that so many of us moms don't get enough of, but that sleep right. is so critical. So yep, yeah, for sure. All these things. Oh, I love all your strategies. So Christine, if anyone is interested in working with you or learning more about your practice, feel free to share. Yeah. Um, so my website is intentionalsynergy.com and you can find me on Facebook too. Um, 
but I'm actually building out a retreat business too. I'm looking forward to putting a retreat together for moms of kids with special needs. And I don't want to leave the dads out. They're also quite important and there's lots of dads doing lots of great things out there, but um, I target specifically toward moms with my retreats. So I'm looking forward to doing some of those um, just to bring moms together for support and um, learning together. I think it'll be really cool. So I'm excited about that. But if you're interested, you can find me on intentionalsynergy.com. Awesome. Okay. Intentionalsynergy.com. Fabulous. Yeah. All right, Christine. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I really, really appreciate it. You're always fun to chat with. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome.